in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, uh, one of the signs that Aragorn is the true king is that he has the power to heal. Uh, this is a biblical theme that runs through scripture. And it says in Malachi 4 too, that one day the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Uh, the wings are symbolized by the tassels that hang from Jewish garments. We'll talk more about this when we get to chapter 9 and meet the woman with the flow of blood who reaches out and grabs onto the wing or corner of Jesus' garment. She grabs onto his wings like you might grab hold of the corners of the altar. Lots of symbolism uh, that we'll unpack later. But for now, notice that Jesus' identity as son of God and son of David, the true king of Israel, is confirmed by these healing powers. So let's read Matthew 8, 14 to 17 together. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. There are three things I want to call your attention to in this passage. First, Notice all the details we get here about Peter. Uh, Peter was a fisherman. He had a brother named Andrew who was also a disciple of Jesus. And here we find out that Peter was also married. Peter had a wife and Jesus is going to heal his mother-in-law. Additionally, Peter, Peter was wealthy enough to own his own house. Apparently, it was a house big enough for his mother-in-law to live with them or at least stay there while she was sick. And it was big enough to have at least 12 disciples hanging out there. Uh, we learn from the parallel passage in Mark that the, that the entire city gathered at their front door so that Jesus could heal the sick and demon possessed. So just remember as you read the Gospels, not to skip over some of these seemingly minor details because uh, they can give you insight into the lives and world of the first century. Uh, the second thing I want you to notice is that this is the first time in scripture that a demon is cast out. Uh, the closest thing to a demon being cast out in the Old Testament would be when David played the harp to soothe King Saul. Prior to the coming of Christ, if you had a demon, uh, there wasn't really anything you could do about it. But now that Jesus has come, he does with his word what magicians and witches could only try to do by sorcery. And of course, Jesus' power is holy. It is clean. It is the very power of God that is at work in these healings. And lastly, the third thing I want you to notice is that this all happened to fulfill what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Not only is Jesus a victorious king, he is also the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. The father sent Jesus on a mission to save the world. And in order to do that, suffering must precede glory. Persecution must precede honor. Death must precede his resurrection and ascension on high. And if Jesus suffered the righteous for the unrighteous, how much more should we endure sufferings for his sake and for the glory of God?